3 a.m. Again, why did I ever think this was a good idea? Welcome to the Rise and Run podcast. Join our group of Run Disney friends as we talk about running at Walt Disney World and beyond. We'll discuss recent runs, training, upcoming races, and surprise topics suggested by you, our listeners. Well, the alarm's gone off, so let's go. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Welcome to the Rise and Run podcast. I'm Bob, and I am here going uh, just in the order that I see them on my screen today. We've got with us John. Hey there. Jack. Hi. Greg. Hey, hey, hey. And Lexi. Hey. Alicia's not with us tonight. We think she'll be back with us next week. We hope so. Hey, gang, we've had a for real early rise and run. We've had our first run Disney event in a long time. We're going to talk quite a bit about that tonight. Yes, the the Daylight Savings uh, Time Edition. Yes. Yes. And for those of you who were down there and decided you were going to set your alarm for some time prior to 2 a.m., because it was an early showtime. They wanted you, if you were driving, Run Disney wanted you at the Epcot parking lot no later than 3.30 a.m. Now, me, I'm a rise and roll out of bed. I got everything. I almost literally put my feet on the ground into my running shoes, and I'm out the door in 10 minutes. Some people take a little longer. I get that. But if you set your alarm before 2 a.m., you had another hour left to sleep, and you got caught. And I know at least one person that that happened to. But yeah, hey, it was fun. We'll talk about it in uh, quite a bit later when we get to the race report. We got other things to talk about. For one thing, surprise! All of a sudden, we got notification of the spring surprise. Ah! And, and it is pretty exciting. They, they look pretty interesting. Registration, general registration opens December 9th. And uh, I haven't looked too deeply into it. It looks like fun. Who's got the details on the spring surprise? I got them because I did ah, all of the research. Lexi does. Go, Lex. Okay. The first run of springtime surprise is the Expedition Everest 5K, which was around for a couple of years, um, and then they discontinued it. This year, it is a night race, and it's a scavenger hunt. Cool. Um, in previous years, I believe the scavenger hunt got you to the start line so it was like before the race happened um but the way they described it on the website it sounds like it's going to be during the 5k yeah i i don't know i i hope so that would be really awesome it's like almost an obstacle course okay so i actually know a lot and if it's exactly like what it was when i saw the video on youtube it's a scavenger hunt with an obstacle course in the 5k and it's really cool and then you it's finish off with riding oh it's not i was gonna say i don't think the disney lawyers would allow that yeah so expedition everest in the past after watching some videos on youtube it is a scavenger hunt that happens during the race i mean there's not all the information for it for this time so i don't know if it's the same but it's really, really cool, really, really fun. And usually with the past ones, they have it where you finish, where you get to ride Expedition Everest at the very end. I mean, it is the Expedition Everest 5K. Let's be real. You got to ride it. So hopefully that happens. 
That would be neat. And did y'all see the artwork for it? Oh my goodness. It looks amazing. <laughs> I need to check it out. What what I find really interesting is that they are promoting this as a run, but correct me if I'm wrong, isn't Expedition Everest going down for a major refurb like just after Marathon oh. Weekend? So I'll be curious to see if they have that back up and running in time for the race. Well, if it's going down after, oh, no, no, you're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah, I don't know. That's an interesting question, Greg. Chip and Co. says the roller coaster will be closed from January 4th until mid-April. Hmm. So maybe, maybe they are coinciding it with the reopen. That's the surprise. <laughs> <laughs> That's cutting it too close. If they any kind of delay at all, they won't make it. Yeah. Yeah, I knew when that when that news came out, a lot of people were bummed because traditionally Expedition Everest is always if you time it right for the full marathon, right. that, you know, usually people try to get the, on that right at park open. So, you know, like I said, a lot of people were bummed at that point. But again, maybe this is the redemption tour. So we shall see. Again, it's a surprise. <laughs> there you go. All right. So anyway, all right, look, that's the expo is Thursday. Yes. That first event is Thursday night. Yes. Then Friday is not nothing. Right. And then what? Um, then we have the Race for the Taste 10K, uh, which is what Wine and Dine used to be before Wine and Dine was, according to my research. Okay. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, it changed to what Wine and Dine is now. Um, so it is Ratatouille themed. Um, I am assuming because of the new ride and we'll go around in that area and yay ratatouille. Good um, and it is on Saturday morning. You go from the 5k Thursday night to the 10k Saturday morning. And then we have the tower of terror 10 miler on Sunday morning, um, which traditionally that race was a night race. And now they're putting it in the morning time. Um, another thing that's different about this weekend is that the challenge is still 19.3 miles, but it covers all three races as opposed to normally the half marathon weekends just do the 10K and the half. Has anyone run the Tower of Terror 10K? I mean, again, I knew that, you know, it used to be a night race. And, and actually, I think, didn't it even include like some trail running? Like yes, a, it did. Like, you know, ESPN Wide World of Sports or whatever. So I'm going to be very curious to see where this starts, where it finishes. I mean, obviously, you're going to have to go by the ride. But, you know, again, it's a surprise. But I just, you know, I didn't know if anybody <laughs> had any insight on that. It used to go around by Lights, Motors, Action. And um, back in that area where Star Wars now is. So nobody knows if we're going to if they're going to be that's going to be part of the course or if we're just going to do that weird little in and out right at tower of Hollywood studios, like we do on other races. I really hope that they have a uh, bellhop goofy. <laughs> oh, yes. Any goofy is good by me. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Looking at past, looking at past maps for that ride, uh, that event, they started at, they started and finished at Hollywood studios too. Okay. Oh, that's interesting. We, I did also notice, or somebody pointed out on one of the Facebook pages, uh, the challenge medal 
has all four park icons on it. Oh. So maybe it's an indication that we are actually going to run through all four parks at some point during well, that makes this. Sense. Yeah. Yeah, you could do that. I mean, obviously you've got one that's going to be in Animal Kingdom. You know that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I I can see that. That makes sense. Yeah, and normal and on all, none of the other race weekends except for the actual marathon go through all four parks. So that was a speculation that I thought was very interesting according to the artwork that was released. Yeah, neat. It does sound like fun. It, it really does. I know I've got my room reservation. We'll see what happens mm-hmm. with the runs. Can I just say how happy I am that they brought the races back? The ones that like were like the really, really cool, cool ones that were so random and fun. And the fact that like I used to be a bellhop makes this 10 miler a must do now. I wish I would have kept my old bellhop hat because they were getting rid of them. And, and I and I just wish I would have kept the original Tower of Terror hat that I had. I'm dressing up as bellhop again, and I'm going to hope that there's bellhop goofy. It's happening, you guys. Let's be excited right now. <laughs> it is exciting. If if you haven't figured it out, Jack used to be a cast member at the tower. So she's got, if you ever run into her, she's got great stories. In fact, maybe we'll do a podcast about Jack and Lexi's stories about as experiences I'm as ready. cast members. Yes. Uh, our, our stories are so <laughs> different, though. <laughs> Oh, great. Well, uh, December 9th, that's general registration. I think Club Run mm-hmm. Disney is the 7th. I'm not that's sure. Correct. And uh, so mark your calendars. That sounds and like And start a lot thinking of, fun. of your costumes. Speaking of getting ready for events, Marathon Weekend is a mere eight weeks away. They were normally, it's 10 weeks between wine and dine and marathon this year it's nine i'm not sure whether wine and dine fell a little later or marathon marathon didn't fall early wine and dine must have fallen just a little bit later this year just the way the calendar worked out only eight weeks to go from now which means among many other things that uh advanced dining reservations are open they actually if i get there uh, marathon weekend i get there on wednesday which is the day the expo opens uh, so many of you will get there earlier than that because that's about as late as you can get there if you're going to run all the races so mine my adrs opened on saturday and yours if you're going are open so we thought we'd take a little time and talk about our favorite disney restaurants yeah so let's talk about our di- favorite disney restaurants uh I have a lot of memories of the Disney restaurants. Uh, one, for example, is uh, Liberty Tree Tavern. That was a Magic Kingdom first day, always dinner when we went down there. Cool. You know, the characters, it, we have not been there in a while because, you know, they got rid of the characters. The, it wasn't our thing anymore, but it was still one of our favorites. And our quick service, we found this little uh, place in Animal Kingdom, Flame Tree Barbecue. Uh, it did not know that the seating area is huge in that area yeah. and great food. 
supposedly the prime location now to watch uh, kite tails. So if you're interested oh, in barbecue really? and crashing massive kites, Flame Tree Barbecue is the place for you. Yes. Th- yeah. Well, we were there the last time uh, when they had the cavalcades on the boats. We were right there watching them go right through. I've never eaten there before. Oh, it's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Big portions, too. It's quite good. So, Lexi, uh, your favorites? Oh, I am quite partial to Be Our Guest. Um, Whenever we were cast members, I say we being me and Jack, um, we it was like right when Be Our Guest started, um, right when they opened. And um, that was back whenever you didn't have to have a reservation for lunchtime. And I went so many times just in the, the the ballroom with the chandelier. And my favorite Disney movie is Beauty and the Beast. So it's just me living my dream. <laughs> Very nice. Food's good there too. Yeah. I, I think they've changed the menu a couple of times. Yeah. Um, but I mean... No matter what, you gotta have the gray stuff because it's, it's delicious. delicious. There you go. <laughs> we uh, first time I went there, we went for breakfast. Now, unless they've changed it, I don't recommend it for breakfast. But it's got a fixed price menu now for dinner, and we really enjoyed it. Nice. Um, and then I think my other favorite restaurant would it would be like I, I classify it as my sit down restaurant. Um, Tepan Edo, Edo in Japan, um, the hibachi place. I, I love hibachi every day if I could have it. And, um, so <laughs> you can ask Jack. I, I, there's a hibachi place by our apartment oh, yes. and I eat there like once a week. <laughs> well, good for you. But yeah. Um, and I know we only said two, but Oga's Cantina is right on up there on my favorites list, which is not a, like, they don't really have real food. It's kind of snacky. Um, Galactic bar food, you could describe. There you go. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, I'm not a huge Star Wars fan, but that those snacks are real good. And drinks are really good, too. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. And the atmosphere is really cool at that place. Mm-hmm. That, that's the big thing. Yeah. It's very immersive. Let's go with Greg now. Greg, your favorites. All right, John. I, I need rules here. Do we have to stay in the parks or are we allowed to go out? We're supposed to be staying in the parks for this one. Okay. Making right. it tough on um, you. I know. All right. Well, I'm going to bend, I'm going to bend the rules just like Lexi did. Uh, for quick service, <laughs> I'm going to give you two. I'm going to give you two real fast. First is actually going off of what Lexi just said. I am a big fan of Katsura Grill uh, at the okay. Japan Pavilion in Epcot. This is a story for another day. When I was in high school, I was an exchange student in Tokyo for a summer. So I just have a major love for the Japanese culture. And they serve my favorite uh, curry and rice there with the pork katsu. It's absolutely, uh, as they say in Japanese, oishi desne. Uh, So I, I truly love that. My other favorite quick service, though, I'm going to hop over to Animal Kingdom in Satuli Canteen. I know it's one of the newest quick services, but the atmosphere is really cool. I love the make your own bowls. 
think next time I go, I actually want to try the, the cheeseburger pods that they have there. Supposedly, they taste exactly like a Big Mac, so I want to give that <laughs> uh, a, a shot. Where is that located? In Pandora. Yeah, oh. it's if you keep, yep. yeah, so it yeah, so it's right to the if you're looking at the mountains, right to the right of um flight of passage. Yeah, okay. if you come out of flight, if you come out of flights of passage, okay, you've ridden the ride and you come out, you're gonna walk right into Satuli Canteen. And and Ketsura Grill is the one on top of the uh the hill, the hill. Correct. Yep, yep, yep. At the yep. top of okay. the hill in Japan. Yep. But I will say the other thing that I truly enjoy about Satuli Canteen is, now granted, I am not a coffee drinker, but my downfall in life is a good refillable fountain beverage. And I do appreciate the fact that at Satuli Canteen, you can get unlimited refills. Uh, so nice. That's yeah. a good one. Uh, now, in terms of table service, I'm going to say... Oh, wow, this is tough, John. The, the fact that you're keeping me in the parks. I mean, some of my favorite restaurants are outside at the resorts. Um, I, you know, I'm going to go beer garden at Epcot. Um, I, you know, I love a good dinner in the show. But, you know, the fact that you can get the the pretzel bread and um, like I am going to I'm partially of German descent, but I'm going to butcher this name that the Schoffenhofer uh, grapefruit oh, right. beer uh, right. that you right. can get. That's really you know, good. I've yeah, that that uh, that's my quintessential Epcot drink. Now, granted, there's like barely any alcohol in it, but it's so darn good. Uh, yeah, so so that th those are those would be my restaurants. That's a good one, Jack. Let's see your uh, favorite restaurants down there. Can I repeat that it's Beer Garden? And I'll tell you a different reason why. <laughs> First of all, beer garden. I like German food. I like um, almost everything they have in there. But there's one specific thing, and it's my sweet tooth calling. And it's that, I think it's called the Bavarian cheesecake. I will sit there, and I will eat piece after piece after piece for that. Because it's so good. Um, so... Beer garden, I I love it, and the grapefruit beer is quite amazing. Um, and then I will say for my favorite fast food, I really had to think about this, and then I was like, well, duh, Jack, you eat there every time, and it's the seasons over at the land. And I guess it's now called Sunshine Seasons. And here's why. Because they have great chicken. They have a lot of choices. And their dessert choices, I like just stand there for a hot five minutes because I know I'm only going to eat one, but I really want to eat like all of them. So it's fantastic. I have got to get there. I hear nothing, but I see it all the time and I never stop. Yeah, that's a that's got some good choices, like four or five different choices there. And now, Bob, I know I stole one of yours, but uh, let's go. You could use it again. All right. It makes it tough since you left me to last, but I don't, that's all cool. Um, yeah. Hey, flame tree is, is great. And I'm, I'm hard pressed to think of a second, uh, uh, counter service that I'm really crazy about. The only one that pops up that I think of is, uh, sleepy hollow in the magic kingdom. I love their, their, uh, fruit and waffle breakfast. That's really good. Uh, so since I can't since I can't steal Flame Tree away from John, I'll go with that one. So that's that's a bit unusual. An unusual. It's, it's kind of tucked away in a corner, and uh, that but that waffle's worth standing in line for. Now full service and 
and actually, this is going to be on recency of experience because I was just there this weekend. This always was amongst my favorites, but I'm going to go with it for a favorite right now. And that's the Hollywood Brown Derby in Hollywood Studios. Uh, Excellent choice. Yeah, a real good restaurant. The Cobb Salad, that's the first time I ever had a Cobb Salad years and years ago when I was there. This last time, I ordered chicken a la king. And the only other time I've had chicken a la king was in a U.S. Army field service ration. And I liked it. So I figured, hey, at a real restaurant, this has to be good. They brought it out. I didn't recognize it on the plate, but it was terrific. So, yeah, I I do enjoy uh, the Brown Derby there in Hollywood Studios. Uh, you know, another walk-up I like kind of is Pecos Bill over there in Magic Kingdom, too. Ooh, but I like, I like it more it. as a... Yeah, I liked it more as a hamburger place. Same. Yes, yeah, so did I. It was Southwest, but it's still pretty good. Um, I will say, I know we've mentioned a lot of restaurants, and there's also a lot of people, like my sister, with dietary restrictions. Um, and Disney does a really good job with accommodating those. Um, all you have to do is ask. Um, and it's very, you know, dietary friendly. And I think that's, you know, worth a mention because a lot of people don't know, oh, Disney's so big. I don't know if I can ask. Yes, you can ask for it. And they they will try their darndest to make it happen for you. Yeah, it's so true. Uh, we traveled with our friends and their their, their son was uh, very allergenic. And they had the chef come out to the table and explain everything in the meal to you. So they were really good with that. I saw that happen at the uh, Jungle Skipper's Canteen. I, I may not have the right name for that, but I, I saw that happen just a couple of days ago. I saw the chef come out and talk to a table. Well, that's uh, we tried to limit ourselves this time, and we did, to restaurants in the parks, one quick service, one sit-down, full-service restaurant. If you're in the Run Disney Motivational Team Facebook group, we actually have a file in there of our little restaurant reviews. That's not just the folks from the Rise and Run podcast, but everybody from the Run Disney Motivational team. So I, I don't know how many restaurants we've been to. I haven't counted lately, but it's quite a few. And we've got little little two or three sentence blurbs in there on each one. If you're looking for a place to make a reservation, uh, maybe, you, maybe you'll get some ideas out of that. Hopefully you're able to get through and make your ADRs. Like I said, we're only a couple, eight weeks away now from Marathon Weekend. And since we're talking races, it's time for the race report. Uh, Let's take a look back at last week, which of course was a big week. I want to start with our buddy Jonathan from Haifa, Israel. Jonathan came over. I've, I've seen Jonathan a couple times, even during the pandemic at Disney World. He was not at Disney World this weekend. He was in the Big Apple. Jonathan finished the New York City Marathon in a very respectable time, right around five hours and 30 minutes, I think. Uh, I was chatting with him a little bit on messaging. He said the weather held up real nicely for him. He uh, he was very close to his goal time, and we're proud of him. He did a good job. Another world major in the books. We're going to try and have Jonathan on here in a couple of weeks to tell us how he did in New York. I I look forward to that. Laura and Nikki were involved in the gingerbread run 5K at the Give Kids the World Village. And I may get this backwards, 
but I know I asked both of them and I forgot to look it up before we recorded the podcast. I think Laura was live. Yes, that's right. Laura was live and Nikki did it virtually. Our good buddy, Joe finished another half marathon. He did the FCA river Valley run half marathon, which he used to double up for the wine and dine half marathon. So he also came in third in his age group, Bob. Yeah, he did. You're right. You're right. Which you know what it tells me? That was a big run. Yeah. And I'm not joking around Joe's in the 70 plus age group. And if he's third, that means they had at least three runners in the 70 plus age group, which is uh, that's a pretty good size run if that's the case, but good on Joe. I I'm, I'm proud of him. He does a great job. Uh, let's see. Have I looked at that's Oh, Oh, Mark. I, I hate, I don't didn't mean to forget you, Mark. I got you down here. Uh, Mark, did the Larry St. Ange Memorial 10K in Naperville, Illinois. I did not see a report from Larry. I didn't, or Larry, I didn't see a report from uh, Mark as to how he did, but I'm sure he did great. Look, I think Mark's coming to the marathon weekend, so I'm looking forward to meeting him there. And we had a little something going on at Disney World this weekend. Let me just run down the list of names of folks. And I didn't get a chance to see everybody, uh, but I saw quite a few of these folks completing the challenge. Allie, Alicia, me, Bonnie, Jillian, Kara, Megan, Pamela, and Pamela. I saw both Pamela's. I saw one at the expo where she was mending her shop. And I saw the other one on the course. And I didn't see Sherry. She was there also uh, doing the half I actually ran into Troy, as not literally. I ran next to Troy for a couple seconds as he was doing the half. I caught up to him in Animal Kingdom, and he finished. I know he did. He's very. I was his first half. He's very proud of that. There's Laura again. That's how I know Laura did the uh, Give Kids the World live because Laura was down in Florida, and she did the half and the five k. Uh, Jennifer finished the ten k, and the soggy few who finished the five k. My wife and I finished that, Bonnie, Christina, Jennifer, and again, there's Laura. So that's who ran last week. Let's take a look at next week real quick. And we've got running the Gordy's Pumpkin Run Virtual 5K, our buddy who runs every weekend, and that's Joe. So Joe's running another event on Saturday. And then in Saturday and Sunday, down here in my neck of the woods in St. Petersburg, Florida, the St. Pete Running Festival. Uh, I'll be doing the 5K with my wife. And I've got Beth down there. I don't have a distance for Beth. I don't. There's a 5K, 10K, and half uh, this weekend. I'm not sure what Beth is doing. I'm going to try and double up a 5K and a half. And Shannon, I'll be looking for Shannon down there. Uh, down there from here is literally like eight miles away, but... I'll be looking for Shannon. She's also doing the 5K and the half. So that's who ran last week. And I think perhaps my friends here, all run Disney fanatics, have some questions about how things went at Wine and Dine. So gang, fire away. We're going to flip the mic on to you, Bob. Yes, how the tables have turned. Uh, I, I guess I'll, I'll start. I have a couple of, couple of questions for you, Bob, about the expo. Uh, I mean, obviously, with how enamored we all are with Run Disney, you know, we follow 
many, many social media accounts of people who were down there this weekend. Um, the one thing that I did notice was, you know, obviously bib pickup looked the same in the shirts and stuff like that. But I would say the the big noticeable thing was the number of vendors right. that were, um, I guess, in the Visa Center. Um, right. How would you say that compared the previous years? You know, um, I'm assuming, you know, Jeff and his team were there. What was Jeff there to be able to chat with and photos to tell, tell us about that part of the expo experience? Yep. yep. Well, let's start. Let's start here. I, yeah. Things were as they normally are. The setup was as it's been the last couple times The Disney merchandise is in the arena, which is one of the first things you get to. Then you head up to the top and you've got your uh, bib, pip, bib pickup in one location. And then your shirt pickup is over at the expo. As for the expo itself, I would say that there was about 60% of the normal number of vendors there. That's just an estimate on my part. Uh, but, but talking who, with Pam, who is a vendor and does the fluffy fizzies thing, she thought that sounded about right to her also. Um, that was, well, one thing they would not allow any food or beverage vendors on the floor. And there typically are some, uh, you can typically grab something there. They typically have, they're typically serving beer, but none of that, they didn't want any food or beverage served on the floor. And the big reason was they didn't want anybody to have an excuse to take their mask down. And then they have, to, they have to police up. Okay. Why aren't you wearing your mask? And you got the guy who buys us a drink and then carries it around with him the whole time so he can keep his mask off. So run Disney didn't want that. Uh, did you see a lot of people complying with the wearing their mask? Everybody did. Yeah. You had to have your mask on inside the building or inside the transportation. And, and, Everybody complied with that. So, yeah, so you couldn't consume any food or beverages on the floor. So everybody kept their masks on. And I, I'm not, I did not see anyone uh, violating the rules there. That was the only places you needed to be masked up. Uh, yes, Jeff was there. Uh, Jeff was there. Uh, Coach Twiggs was there. In fact, Coach Twiggs was at the booth every minute of every day that he was not running. Uh, I'll tell you a story. <laughs> I saw Jeff. Jeff had a get together for folks who are club Jeff members. And I'm a club Jeff member. He had a scheduled get together at three o'clock on Saturday, which is when the expo officially closes. So I get in there a couple minutes early. I go to Jeff's booth. There's nobody there. I mean, Jeff's there, but, uh, and, and his crew, but I expected some other club members hanging around. So Jeff was doing what he normally does talking with fans and, uh, I saw Barb. I said, so Barb, where's the get together for club Jeff? And Barb goes, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> so <laughs> I showed her my, I showed her my, my email and she goes, huh? Well, I don't know. So she asked Chris and Chris says, oh yeah, get together at three o'clock. Okay. So I hang out. There ends up being one other couple who joined us. So I spent about 20 or 30 minutes quality time with Jeff who had not organized this with anybody because the uh, the security folks came along and says, "Hey, you got to leave. This is this is over. You got to get out of here." You know, it, it's funny that that story reminds me. Um, our our friend uh, DVC runner, he had a similar situation where I think him and his gang 
hung out after the half in the reunion area for so long that um, Disney actually uh, sent golf carts uh, to personally <laughs> escort them back to their cars in the Epcot parking lot. So, uh, so good, good on you guys for you're taking your time and, and extending your fun for as long as possible. I could use that, but I, I will tell you as an aside, it's good to see Jeff up and about. I think most folks know Jeff Absolutely. had a serious heart attack mm-hmm. earlier in the year, but he's, he's certainly very much recovered. His only problem was he was on his feet all day. And I said, uh, you're limping Jeff. He goes, I get blisters from standing around here all day. So he was, <laughs> okay. he was okay. No, it was good to see him. It really is. So that's what's going on at the expo. But so what else we got? let's move on to race morning. Sure. Well, one thing I want to talk about that if you were there, you know it. And if you weren't, you probably heard about it. The weather was awful. I mean, it's Florida in early November. It's usually terrific. Friday, the day of the 5K, it rained steadily the whole time. Temperatures weren't too bad. I think temperatures were in the 60s. Yeah, I'm sure they were. But it rained steadily. Now, it wasn't terribly windy, so you could protect yourself. We had some cheap throwaway ponchos that we wore. I say we, my wife and I. And we walked that thing at a a very moderate pace. So it wasn't too bad. Saturday for the 10K was awful. Saturday, the temps dropped into the low 50s, which I realize if you're from a northern state, that's not terribly cold. But uh, it was a miserable low 50s. And the winds were kicking about 15 miles an hour. And it was raining. It wasn't raining hard, but it was raining like that very heavy mist. And with the wind blowing it at you, it was not comfortable standing around. It was not a good day to run. Uh, the half, the weather improved for the half. The temperatures did not come up much, but the rain stopped, thank goodness. And when the sun finally came up, it got better. So that wasn't too bad. So that's the weather. You can't do much about that except prepare for it. I think it's one of the smart things I did this weekend was throw an extra pair of shoes in the back of the car before I took off. Nice little tip for future runs. Yeah. 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 You can't have too many. Now I'm lucky. I just, I got a car I'm driving over. I can throw whatever I want. And those of you who are flying got a bit more limit. Um, I, I know some of the questions you'd have, like, I remember, and, and you guys, a lot of you did the 2016 uh, Wine and Dine. That was the first run I did. That thing started in uh, ESPN, and I believe the corrals went from A to O. I think there were that many of them. Then the next time I ran, the corrals went from A to H. Basically, what's happened is the corrals now go one, two, three, four. And they're just much bigger. But in terms of a start, it's it's not that much different. Um, Disney doesn't require a proof of time, except I, what it really appears, you need to make a proof of time cut to get into group S1. The rest of you are divided up based on what you say your estimated time is going to be which sadly leaves some people to, let's just say, overestimate how they're going to perform. And you'll get folks in earlier start groups that probably don't belong there. I just wanted to say, you know, new runners might not realize 
um, whenever you're in a corral, and especially something as big as a run Disney race, um, whenever you're estimating what your time might be, um, it's great to have goals. That's awesome. You can base your goals off of your training. But it's like if you were in an aisle at a grocery store and you were trying to move your buggy along at a 10-minute-a-mile pace and there were six people in front of you going at a 13-minute-mile pace. Like that, you know, that would be really hard for you to meet your goal. So it that, you know, I, I would just encourage runners to look at their their race stats honestly and be like yeah this is a realistic goal for me and be considerate to the other people that are also trying to meet their own goals you should be accurate in your estimate of your time we know not everybody is one thing i'd advise folks who are new to run disney or even run disney veterans these are run disney events don't you're going to run into folks who are going to bug you they're mm-hmm. going to get in front of you and slow you down. It's just accept that it's going to happen. This is not the place to try to set a PR. This is not the place, as I'm fond of saying, to try to qualify for the Olympics. All right? If you're back there with me, you're already at a 12 or 14-minute pace when I'm, when I'm walking. Where are you going? Okay? You might get around, but what's what's the big deal? I, I know that folks train and they want to do some objective, but a little dose of reality, understand that at Run Disney events, you're just going to have to accept what's in front of you and stay calm. You, you'll, you'll enjoy it more that way. Look around at the costumes that are around you because everybody's different. Look around at the park you're running through. Like there's plenty of things that are worth your attention. Yeah. People look at me and say, that guy's goofy and I don't even dress up. So (laughs) when we got there and I was driving this time, so I had to park at Epcot for the 10 K and the half. We actually took the monorail from the, from Epcot to the magic kingdom to TTC then we had to walk to the start. Pretty healthy walk. <laughs> Pretty healthy walk to the start. Kind of like at the beginning of the marathon. Probably a good uh, three quarters of a mile to a mile just to get to the, the starting area. Not as bad. The next, uh, for the half, they bust us over. And that was just as if you were taking a resort bus. You had that walk there. They had the start was as it kind of normally is. There were, there were, there was a DJ. There were. Uh, there was a stage, there were the large screens so you could see the folks. There were not character photos. What was available there, and this was also true on the course somewhat, they had what I call little sets, little staging areas. Like for the 5K, uh, my wife and I stood in line and we got our picture. She sat on a throne with a uh, poison apple, and I forget what was on the other arm of the chair, and I stood next to her. So they had those sets set up, but there were no character opportunities before or after the race. Um, so consequently, there wasn't much reason to hang around in a staging area. Many, if not most people, once they got there, went into their corrals. 
corrals are huge. Uh, I was in S3, both the, there were only three corrals on the 5k. I was in S2 for that, but for the, for the 10k and the half, there were four corrals and, uh, I was in corral three and I kind of hugged to hung to the back. I didn't care that much. Uh, on Saturday, I got a little bit more into the group cause I wanted protection from the wind. So I used other people. Uh, but uh, Sunday when the weather was okay, I just, I hung out. In fact, I, I hung out and talked to one of my friends in the back there. And then uh, one of the things that's interesting, being as tall as I am, I can see what's going on up front. The corrals, and this was the way in the old corrals too. All of a sudden, everybody in the corral will start to move maybe 10 or 15 feet forward. And you'll think, oh, good, we're getting ready to go. And I can look up front and see, nope. We're not going anywhere. Everybody's just getting closer to one another. So, uh, but they did have, uh, as you would expect, they, the run Disney came across. I, I didn't, I couldn't tell. I could see it happening, but I, I never actually saw the folks do this. They must've come across with ropes and divided us into smaller waves, which they sent off. I would say every 90 seconds or two minutes. So, in terms of starting, it really wasn't that much different than the old corrals, except that I might have started a little later than I used to, but that all worked out okay. Yeah, somebody asked if I thought it was faster or slower. About the, it's right about the same as it was in the past in terms of in terms of getting out. Um, in, in in group three, one day I was towards the middle of the pack. The second day I was towards the end of the pack in group three, we launched about 25 to 30 minutes after the race started. That's not bad at all. Really not bad. Um, in terms of the uh, going into your start crawls, I heard, and I don't know if they actually did it, instead of everybody going at once, did everybody go in when their corral was being called for? Or was it everybody just kind of went at the same time? There wasn't as much to do in the staging area as there's been. In past years, what's happened is we, and I mean the Facebook group, we have told folks, hey, look for us before the race. We'll be in such and such a place. And we've typically stood around and chatted for 30 or 40 minutes before we've been called to the corrals. I can remember, I would usually take the first bus and get in there, get a character photo, talk with my friends for a while. And it would be a little while before they announced that the corrals were open and people started to move. That wasn't the way this time. Now, I was not staying on the resort, so I was driving myself, which meant I had to take, as I said earlier, I had to take the transportation from Epcot to Magic Kingdom. So I probably got there a little later than I usually do. Uh, But by the time I got there, and by virtue of the fact that there really wasn't a whole lot to do in the staging area, I went right to the corral. Now, on Sunday, uh, I sent Alicia a text message telling her I was there. And she told me where she was in the corral. What I actually did is turn the corner, uh, found her, which is very odd because usually sees me first. But uh, I found Alicia and... Uh, spent about 15, 20 minutes talking with her. Uh, somewhat entertaining story on the 10K. 
I knew Alicia had started ahead of me, but I didn't see her. And I swore I saw her on the course. And I got to within about five or 10 feet of the person who I thought was Alicia, was about to reach out and tap her on the shoulder. And this young lady started to run and take off. And I said, oh, well, I'm, I was walking the 10K. I said, I figured I'd catch up to her later. I talked to Alicia later in the day, said, I almost, uh, almost saw you. I saw you wearing your purple shirt. She said, Bob, I wasn't wearing a purple shirt. <laughs> so it's probably good that I didn't tap whoever this young lady was on the shoulder. While standing there, and this is one of the things I love about Run Disney, uh, a woman looks at me, she goes, I know you, you're 65 and dopey. And I looked at her and I said, yeah, on Instagram. And you're, it's mom runs Disney, I think is her Instagram handle. But that was terrific. What a nice person. I don't know her real name, uh, but it was, I was delighted to meet and talk with her. Um, so I think your original question was, did you hang out much or were you delayed going in the corrals? Nah, we went in the corrals right away. Hey, Bob, I I have a question for you. Going back to, um, you know, your chat about the, that there weren't really character stops. There was, you know, the sets and stuff like that. Obviously, you know, saw plenty of pictures of the actual character stops on the race course itself that were. You know, socially distanced, you know, the, the, the sets and the dividers that they had up, I, I thought were themed really, really well. Mm-hmm. The fact that you're not getting up close and personal, you know, putting your arm around a character or something like that, do you think that helped the lines for the character stops move faster, or would you say it was about the same? I don't think it made a lot of difference. I, that's a good question, and I didn't stop for many. I didn't stop unless I ran into a short line, but... I don't think it made much difference. Folks still had to get into position. Uh, the photo pass guy still had to take a picture. There were a handful of places where there was no photo pass guy. I, I stopped for the green army man and that was strictly my cell phone camera. There was no photo pass guy there, but I, I don't think it made much difference, Greg. I think it's about the same speed as it normally was. Did they give you a gear drop for the race? I mean, I don't know if that's still, So for the for the ten and a half, they you gear dropped up at uh, Magic Kingdom, and you, or but since you already had to go to Epcot, did you gear drop at Epcot? Uh, I don't know. The gear drop was at Magic Kingdom. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm ninety nine percent sure. Again, John, I don't use it, so I'm not positive. But yeah, that would have been at the start there. That would have been where the gear drop was. I'm almost positive. Um, when you finish. The finish was very much like normal. They made one change, and I'll I'll get to it in a second. Um, Let's see. Cross the finish line. They're handing out medals. I wondered about that. I thought maybe the medals would just be on a rack somewhere. But no, folks are handing them out. I didn't see anyone put a medal on anyone else, but... I don't know that they always do that anyway. I think they will if you ask, but they weren't doing that. They were handing out medals. Uh, they were handing out those Mylar blankets. Do not cross the start line in your Mylar blanket. That's got to be the most common phrase before the event starts. Uh, they And then it was just like it always is. You, you went through, they had bottles of water. They had bottles of Powerade. You went a little further and you got your highly coveted blue run Disney food box. 
with a thing of plastic cheese. Thank you very much. Yeah. Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. One, the one difference uh, that I noted was that before you exited what I'll call the finishing area, there used to be, oh gosh, eight or 10 PhotoPass photographers taking your I did it photos. Well, they were relocated. They were now, once you clear gear check and you get out into the parking lot in the reunion area, those photographers were out there and there were only, oh gosh, I'm going to say there were only five or six of them. And they were actually all located around one of the light poles and it was like spokes on a wheel going in to get your photos there. So, uh, but they were still there, but that was just a little bit different. There were no, I know again, after the races, sometimes there are characters there for photos. Now it was just the same as before the race, the sets were there, but that was it. On the, on the course for hydration, what what, what were they doing? Okay. Uh, same as always a hundred percent, the same as it always was no difference. Uh, you and the water stops both sides of the road. Uh, blue cups are Powerade, white cups are water, but it was exactly the same as it always is. No difference there at all. So now we've talked about the logistics and how it's most likely going to be for Marathon Weekend. Bob, how did you feel about your race and being back at Run Disney? Oh, that's a good question. That really is. Thanks. Um, you know, I was so daggum excited going into this thing. And this happens to people a lot that by the time I got there, I didn't quite feel that anymore. I thought I'd be going to the expo and skipping up the road and all that. Didn't quite feel that anymore. For some reason, and I don't know why, the first time it really hit me that we were back was when Carissa Galloway came on the screen. I went, oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. I know who that is. <laughs> We're back. When the fireworks went off for us to start. And then the 5K medal. I mean, come on. It's a 5K medal. How many of those do I have? But this was a Run Disney 5K medal. I haven't had one of those in a long time. And, yeah, in fact, I'm literally looking at it right now here on, on the table in front of me. But, uh, yeah, that meant a lot to me. So, yeah. Yeah. I kept folks who I would pass, uh, would say, you know, welcome back. And I would just, um, Oh, it's so good to be back. That's how it felt. Yeah. Hearing all those, those feelings and emotions. That's awesome. Obviously you ran all three races. Give us your like top one or two course moments. You know, was there a particular stretch of a certain race that um, you know, was a, a true highlight for you? Well, first of all, there were no, there were very, there were very limited live performers there. So there were no high school bands, uh, no choirs. There were a couple of small ensemble, small groups there. So some of that was missing. Um, anytime you come into Epcot on a long one, whether it's the half or especially the full, when you get into Epcot and you're coming around Epcot and you know, Hey, I've got it. Uh, that's a good feeling. And then just seeing the finish line and just, oh, <laughs> I'll tell you one. The first time I heard the recording that said, 
caution runners, speed bumps ahead. I went, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're really back. Or I was disappointed on Friday. It was pouring rain and we didn't hear caution runners, the boardwalk may be slippery. But on Sunday, when it was nice and sunny and dry, caution runners, the boardwalk may be slippery. Isn't that That's silly? Funny. Isn't that silly? <laughs> or just, I, I, I walked up to people, strangers on the side who were holding signs. And I, I said to a couple of them, I said, I've never seen you before. I'm never going to see you again, but daggummit, I missed you. And it was good to see all of that stuff. It's just, I'm looking forward. The, the crowds were down a little bit. I looked up some numbers. Uh, we had about two thirds the number of runners this year as they had in 2019, one and nine. But of course, you know, the international travelers couldn't come or at least very few of them. So uh, I'm looking forward to see what happens in January. And I'll see more of you folks there too. We had the after party. We had a little get together. Oh, shucks. I think we had six or seven folks there show up over by uh, the Regal Regal Eagle. Anyway, over at the American Pavilion. Uh, so it was nice. It's Hey, look, to me, Run Disney is the course. It is the stuff they do. It's the organization. But more than anything, more than anything to me, it's the friends I've made through the years in Run Disney and getting to see all my friends there. Uh, some I've seen before, some I haven't. Uh, gosh, it means a lot to me. So It truly is a community. Yeah, really. Almost like a family. So that's that's the big part for me. So I'm glad we're back. Uh, I'm looking forward to January and looking forward to seeing you guys in January. Uh, I'm so January excited to see you guys. and February and March. <laughs> <laughs> and now that we've uh, finished the race report, in, insert sound effect here. Is it time for the self-promotion part of the show, Bob? Why, why, Greg? I think that's a great idea. Hey, for those, one thing, uh, for those who have found us, uh, I did run into some folks, and mostly they're from our group, who had found us and seemed to really enjoy it. So we enjoy doing this. If you enjoy it, please share that. Please let others know. Uh, please, 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 if at all possible, Apparently, five-star reviews in the Apple podcast site are important. So if if you like what you hear, please go ahead and spread that and uh, especially give us a review in Apple Podcasts. Please join us in the Rise and Run podcast Facebook group. We'd like and to Instagram see you there. And Instagram page. And on the Instagram page where we are Rise and Run pod because somebody already stole Rise and Run podcast. Those dirty scoundrels. Anyway, yeah, please help us out. Please spread the word. Uh, that's where you can find us. Next week, we'll probably talk just a little bit more about wine and dine. We have several other folks who ran it. I'm not the only one. There were like 9,000 people there. And Alicia will be back. I know she'll want to talk about it some. We may hear from some other, some of our other friends also. All right, guys. Time to wrap it up. Let's all sing the Rise and Run podcast song and then we'll put it to bed. And <laughs> here's your note. <laughs> all right, friends. It was good visiting with you. 
and uh, we'll see you next week. The Rise and Run podcast discusses general information about Run Disney and is in no way affiliated with Run Disney or the Walt Disney Company. Any information or advice discussed on this podcast should not be considered medical advice and should always consult with your healthcare provider or event organizer.